0: Welcome to Sell Smarter, Sell Faster, a podcast dedicated to helping sales organizations grow. Each week we discuss proven sales enablement strategies and real life examples with experts and thought leaders from across industries. I'm your host, Danny Buckley, Vice President and General Manager at g 2 a sales performance agency. In this episode, we're breaking down the many ways in which thought leadership can play an important role in maximizing your B2B sales efforts. Here we tackle questions like what exactly is thought leadership and why does it matter in B2B sales? Who is it for? How can sellers be incorporating thought leadership into their own strategy as well as into different parts of the sales process? How do you go about measuring the ROI of thought leadership? Joining me to answer those questions and more is Bill Sherman, COO and thought leadership practice lead at Thought leadership Leverage. Bill makes some great points, such as how true thought leadership begins with a provocative idea that starts a conversation. What are some of the initial steps you can take to get started right away? And finally, how your own thought leadership can be one of the few sustainable advantages that you can have as a seller. Great, I am so excited to get started. Bill, thanks for joining. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Great to be here, Danny.
0: Yeah, uh, we have a lot to talk about. So let's jump in and um, just kind of get us uh, everyone acquainted with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and just kind of what really drives your expertise and passion for thought leadership, which is what we're talking about today? Yeah, so I
1: stumbled into the world of thought leadership some 20 plus years ago and have worked with individuals and organizations that are trying to use thought leadership to influence how people think how they act, how they create impact. And often for an organization, that's how you sell, how you inform buyers, what it is that is in the range of possibility, not just today, but in the future, in terms of mitigating risk, finding new opportunities, or taking advantage and making more productive.
0: Great. I love it. Um, So I think, you know, I feel like at this point, it's fair to say that most folks, probably most of our listeners know by now that thought leadership is important. They've heard about it. They're maybe doing it. They understand it to some extent. Um, but I do think I often hear folks that are saying, maybe it's not quite right for them, or this isn't totally a fit for their business, or they don't really see why. So can you share a little bit just more about the why thought leadership matters and who it's right for? Yes.
1: Yeah, so let me frame this. So if thought leadership is taking ideas to scale to produce impact, Right then it's hard to say it's not right for anyone who has an idea, whether that's an individual or an organization. What we've seen over the last, say, four years, maybe five, is that the organizations that are using thought leadership, especially in the sales process, has evolved. It used to be that it was professional services primarily that would focus on Thought leadership, because you're selling consulting services, you're selling basically smart people, right? And how do you demonstrate that they're smart? Thought leadership. But more and more organizations are recognizing we need to showcase the really smart people that we have and the points of view that we have within the organization and get that out to our buyers. And so you've seen over the last four or five years, Fortune 500 setting up actually a formal function for thought leadership, not that they have to be the smartest people in the room, but making sure that those ideas get out through sales channels, through marketing. I've seen mid-cap organizations saying this is going to be our differentiator for how we go to market because we can't be as big as the big organizations, but we can show we think more agilely. And then I've seen startups as well. Where startups say, hey, we've got either VC funds and we're trying to grow and accelerate and we want our voices heard. Or some of those startups that have an eye on an IPO, they're saying we want to make sure we get the best valuation when we go public. And the best way to do that is make sure that we're known for being forward thinking and smart.
0: Great. Yeah. So I'm thinking now, I'm just like actually kind of, um, want to even take a step back and make sure that folks really know what we're talking about. I love that you keep using the word ideas, right? Like mm-hmm. there, I think some folks think thought leadership is I share articles on social media, right? right. <laughs> which is nice to do and invaluable, but I think there's a line of like what actually makes someone a thought leader. And, and it is more about being proactive and sharing your ideas, your opinions, things like that. Um, and it sounds like you agree. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on like how you would further kind of define it. But also if you could give a couple examples of what, you know, a business leader or or a salesperson, what actually kind of like actions would they take that is thought leadership?
1: Sure. So let's distinguish between content marketing and thought leadership. That's yeah. probably the easiest place. Content marketing typically leads immediately towards a product conversation. You may be informing, but it's really tied to product marketing or solutions-based marketing. Thought leadership is getting your target audience, one, aware of who you are if you want to build your brand and visibility, two, getting them to raise their eyes from the next step in front of their feet and to think about six, 12, 18 months, maybe three to five years, depending on your field and your organization, what's possible, what do I need to prepare for? So an idea at its core isn't a business book, it isn't a white paper, it isn't even an article. An idea is really simple. An idea at its core is a sentence, maybe two, that is a little bit provocative. It gets someone to stop, either through their scroll feed on LinkedIn or in a conversation, go, hmm, I haven't heard that before. I'm not even sure I agree with you, but you know what? Tell me more. I want to understand a little bit more. And thought thought leadership begins with that provocative idea that opens conversation. And then you can start making the case. You can provide stories, data, examples, case studies, references, all of those things that start to prove your point of view. Right. Yeah. But it begins with that little nudge. Have you thought about it this way?
0: Love it. Love it. What a great way to define it. And and it's, it's risky, right? It's scary. Uh That's why it's not everybody is a thought leader because it's people are scared to sometimes make a statement. Um, And maybe you might change your mind. Maybe it might open up a discussion. And I think that's part of it too, is being open-minded to the conversation that can happen around um, these these statements or opinions.
1: And to your point, you can do a couple different things. You can advance an existing conversation. So if people are talking about a subject in your field, what's your point of view? What is something that's not being talked about, but is related? That's one way to do it. Or you can open a topic that needs to be talked about, but isn't on people's radar in your field, okay? And those are two different ways of becoming active in thought leadership. The easier one is joining an existing conversation and pitching a penny or two. The harder one is when you say, no, I disagree. Here's something that we need to be talking about that's not being talked about. And I'm going to either write a post on LinkedIn, do a short form video, write a white paper. And they range from, Small form, uh, small short form ways of creating thought leadership, all the way to, and I've written a book. But I think okay. of you know the book or the white paper sort of as the capstone rather than your first attempt into a conversation, right?
0: Yeah, great, I love it. Okay, so let's let's shift a little bit to focus on like actual B two B sales and and sales absolutely. To- So how do you think sellers should be incorporating thought leadership into like their own strategy and and different parts of the sales process?
1: So let's acknowledge something that's happened within the sales ecosystem, not only in B2C, but B2B is that your buyer used to be less informed than you on the topic. Mm -hmm. And now that has flipped. You don't know when they're in a buy cycle. You don't know what their buying criteria are, and they may have done more due diligence and research before they even reach out to you. So there's an asymmetry of knowledge, typically in B2B now, when they're coming, reaching out, and often they're reaching out with very specific questions, and they're close to the end of the buy cycle rather than the beginning of the journey. So if you're not joining the conversation where they are early, you're not on their radar. They're not going to reach out to you. You're essentially invisible, right? So part of it is being proactive in conversation and being able to be visible to your target audiences. The second thing is if you've got an existing client base and you're managing current accounts, for example, you want to be able to have something interesting to share to get your buyers thinking about the future. Not only what you're selling today and what's your target, but you want to be planting seeds for the future. And I think of it this way. You can be Bart Simpson in the back of the car going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are you going to buy? Are you going to buy? Or you can give them something interesting to think about. The latter, they'll take your call again and again, right?
0: I love that you're saying that the, the way, the language I use a lot is stop just checking in, like, right, right. like have a reason, like exactly what you're saying, like provide value at every touch point. Don't just be, you're going to buy it. Just check it in, just circling back. Like,
1: and if you're a seller and your organization has super smart people, maybe in ops or product or research. What can you pull from that group? What can you share of what's coming to help your buyers be more prepared and make you a trusted advisor so that when they have a question, they pick up the phone and call you or they send
0: you an email and say, hey, what do you think? That's the those are the easiest sales. Totally, love it. Okay, so we're gonna. This is super helpful, I think, to people listening and hearing kind of more of these specifics. And mm-hmm. I know the the question that comes up all the time with any tactic or strategy we talk about is ROI. Um, and so, how do we, you know, measuring ROI is tricky in all kinds of uh, you know tactics that we use, but it's particularly tricky with thought leadership. And so, um, I'm curious how you go about measuring it and what you might recommend. Like, how can we know it's making an impact?
1: So the way that I recommend most organizations, you probably have thought leadership going on in your organization already. Somebody is doing thought leadership on social or speaking at events or writing a paper. That happens, right? What happens is it's sort of ad hoc and impromptu, and there's no tracking for it. And so if you're not tracking what's being done, it's really hard to attribute anything from either pre-sales or sales evangelism or even attribution towards a sale. Right. So I recommend starting with a crawl, walk, run approach. Mm. The first thing is start tracking it, even if it's just simply in an Excel spreadsheet. What's being done? Who are you talking to? Where did you engage either on a one-to-one in a sales conversation, maybe with a senior level buyer, or maybe you spoke at a conference or you made a presentation. Great. Start tracking those things. The next step then is tying it to actually moving through a sales pipeline, right? And thought leadership often has a longer and indirect sales cycle because you're educating your buyers. But what you'll start hearing is, hey, I've been following you or I've been listening to your podcast for a long while. Now's the right time for me to reach out because we're ready to buy. Mm-hmm. And you get the what I ascribe as the old radio approach of longtime listener, first-time caller. Mm-hmm. You will get those. You start tracking those and you're like, wow, these were people who were tuned into us, but we didn't even know they were listening to us, right? And then finally- the most sophisticated way is if you're at if you're using something to manage the sales cycle of moving through the pipeline you set up a formal process of what gets shared when and then you can start seeing did they open it did they look at it did they engage with it and then you can start making some informed choices around attribution and percentage attribution and if a sales lead hasn't become a qualified opportunity, how do you nudge it? Or if an opportunity gets stuck, how do you move it forward? Sometimes through thought leadership.
0: Great. I love it. Those are such good examples. And a couple of things just to like comment on, I love that you, I mean, I think at the end, what you're pointing to is using technology, right? That we can and should, and that's, that's a, you don't necessarily have to right away. And um, that's not the only way, but, uh, but there's a lot of value and there's a lot of software and, and different tools out there that can actually help with attribution. Um, so I think that's great. And I also, um, love the, the, the exact example of someone saying, oh, I've been listening to you. You know, um, that's happened to me a couple of times where we've actually been, either I've been on, or one of our salespeople has been on a sales call with a brand new prospect that we've never talked to is like, oh yeah, I've listened to the sell smarter, sell faster podcast. Didn't even realize it was us. And what, um, what, a kind of initial raving, uh, you know, connection to have where they're like, I've listened to this person found value in, in this company and what they're providing. And now I'm talking to you. And so that's well, one of those and that what's we love. even
1: really cool on that is when they start quoting you back in the <laughs> yes. first call and you're like, wow, you have been tuned in. You're yeah. already thinking the way that I've been setting things up and framing it. You takes less education from the buyer perspective because your buyer is pre-qualified they've identified their need and they're coming to you to help craft a solution.
0: Yeah. Great. I love it. So, hopefully some folks listening are starting to think, I need to take some action. What can I do? Mm-hmm. Um and so so what would be so what would be some initial kind of just first steps that you would recommend? Easy uh just kind of hit the ground running kinds of things that folks can start to do.
1: So, I'll give a few starters, but I'm also going to underscore something that I think is absolutely essential. Okay. Number one, you need to have discipline to this. You can't say, hey, I'll do thought leadership for a month or I'll make one post or two posts. This has got to be something you're willing to commit to for a period of time, six months, a year, on a consistent cadence, okay? The second thing that I would say in terms of easy things is it's okay to start small. Start on LinkedIn, right? Make a post once or twice a week, or even go simpler, start commenting on people uh, on people's posts and engaging with them to advance an existing conversation. And you can then take those comments and turn them into posts yourself, right? Additionally, um, know what medium you're comfortable with. Some people are more comfortable with recording video than they are writing. If writing's not your jam, pull out your phone or record in Zoom or Teams or whatever, a 60, 90 second video, post it. And engage comments. Now let's go to the intermediate. If you really want ROI from a sales perspective, you've got to have a strategy. Who are you trying to reach with this? What call to action is? And it isn't always a buy from me call to action. It may be a call to education or a call to further conversation rather than a straight out. And here's the call to action to buy. Right. Mm -hmm. So you need a strategy, you need to know who you need to know what the call to action is, and you need to be thoughtful about where, because it's not about just you being comfortable with creating the content and the modality. We're on a podcast now, we're doing video, we could be writing a piece. But it also depends on where's your audience? Are they comfortable watching? Do they prefer reading? And you've got to meet them where they are, which sometimes means you move out of your comfort zone. OK, yeah. but the easiest way that I've found is give yourself a 30 day challenge. I've I've challenged people and say, put a topic out for conversation each day. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be a new idea every day. It's OK to repeat. Most businesses really only need one to three big ideas at a time and they can run with them for three to five years. And so as you start making it relevant to your target audience, how it fits their needs, their opportunities, their pain points, you find you have plenty to to take and post. The other thing I do is I keep a small set of post-it pads by my desk. If I have a turn of phrase that I use that I really like, or an insight when I'm explaining something or answering a question to a live customer, I will write it down. And guess what? That becomes part of my posts on social media. I will also write down a question where we all have this where you answer a question in real time, but your answer is sort of like a C plus as you think about it. And then an hour later, you've got the A level answer, right? Yeah. And you're like, man, I wish I said that, right? So instead, what I do is I'll write that A level answer on a Friday and say, hey, I was thinking about this. Here's the reply I sent to you. And oh, by the way, I put it on social media as well. Because if one buyer asked that question, more probably have two.
0: I love that. And I'm so glad you mentioned the, the, just like, like taking notes in real time for ideas. Cause I think that's where people get stuck a lot. They sit down like, I'm going to be a thought leader right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, what do I want to post? And I know I'm guilty of it too. And I sit there kind of staring at a Blake screen or document. And pages are yeah, like just getting that habit of, or sometimes I even go back through old emails and I'm like, let me see what are some of the things. And so I love that. Um, So much good stuff in there, Bill. Thank you. Um, I think this is really helpful for folks that are starting to think about this, starting to, you know, wanting to make a difference here. So just to kind of close us out, um, anything that we didn't cover, any closing thoughts or words of advice to our listeners um, that you want to part ways with? Yeah,
1: one of the things that I would say is thought leadership is one of the few sustainable advantages that you can have as a seller, as an organization, that reputation for being forward thinking and someone that they can trust to show them what the future will bring is invaluable and it serves you for not only filling the pipeline today, but for years to come.
0: Love it. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure chatting with you and um, be sure those listening, you can connect with Bill um, in our show notes. We've got contact information, Bill. I'm sure you're happy for people to reach out, connect.
1: Absolutely. And I do a podcast as well. So if you want to hear from other people at different stages on the journey, practicing thought leadership, you can listen in and hear their stories as well.
0: Great. And we'll be sure we link to that in the show notes as well. So thank you everybody for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Sell Smarter, Sell Faster. And until then, happy selling. Thanks for joining us on Sell Smarter, Sell Faster. If you like what you hear, click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Be sure to visit our website, sellsmartersellfaster.com where you can find even more helpful sales enablement and inbound marketing content.